It's a basic truth. People need each other. It's why PenFed Credit Union's first members joined together for a better financial future. For 85 years, we've been there for our members and communities, and we're here for you today. We can help you bridge a financial gap, save wisely, and make confident decisions with your money. We know we are always stronger and better together. That's why we hope you'll join us. Membership is open to everyone. Apply today at PenFed.org, insured by NCUA. My name is Shapiro Wells. For the past four years, I've been trying to figure out how my 22-year-old son, Courtney, wound up with a bullet in his back outside a Chicago police station. There's what you hear on the news, that Courtney got shot, then drove himself to the station where officers did everything they could to help him. And then there's the truth. Listen to somebody on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is He Said, Ella Dijo with Eric Winter and Rosalind Sanchez. Hola, que tal? Are you ready for this one, Eric? Yeah, this is going to be a, a very interesting episode. We very thought about heavy. it and thought about it and then finally said, you know what, let's just do it since we brought it up last podcast. Well, I don't even know how it got brought up. I feel, oh no, there was a question that came in um, inquiring about relation or divorce, dealing with divorce the week before. And then, and then I casually mentioned something. I don't like, know if hey. you guys know <laughs> that we're both divorced, and even our producers were like, "What?" Yeah, that turned and into then a we whole got, thing. <laughs> we got emails. People like didn't know about it because we—I don't think I have ever um, talked about it openly. No, like that, you right? Google it. Then I <laughs> Unless you Google it, you yeah. Know. But we don't. We yeah, we don't. We don't. Yeah, we don't really talk about it openly. And you. Um, joked on the last episode that you wanted to talk about divorce and then as soon as I started talking about my divorce you're like I don't want to know anymore because I don't but I guess I'm going to have to since we have decided (laughs) let me tell you all about mine I don't want to hear anything about you preparing (laughs) for the end uh, you oh. know what? F- uh, the full disclosure <laughs> is that is that uh, that's how you say that, it. That's a thing. We don't want people to be thinking, "Oh my God, why are they talking about divorce?" Porque cuando el río suene, que agua trae. You know Did what that means? Did she just say something about divorce in Spanish that I don't know? It means when the river makes sound, is because water is coming. Oh wow! Look that's a, that's like a like a like a thing that we use in Spanish a lot. Like when you hear a rumor. It becomes uh-huh. the river is making a noise. So there's some truth behind it. So you want me to tell you a little bit about my divorce. But I just want to jump in and say one thing. that I think you and I met at the right time in life. And I think our previous divorces probably set us up for success in a way. I hope. Because yeah. I, I, you know, I truly believe if had we met back in our 20s, it would have been a different outcome. We're very strong personalities. And I think our lives have shaped us into what we are now to make it work. Um, um, what but, were the biggest lessons you learned from your first marriage? Well, look, my divorce was, uh, I got married at a very young age. I was married at 25, met the person at 22, um, thought I knew it all. My parents were like, you're crazy, you're getting married too young. That's oh, what, really? I didn't know that they, they told you that. Yeah, I mean, look, they were supportive. They wanted me to be happy. I told them I knew exactly what I was doing, as every 22-year-old would say, or 23-year-old. You know what I always found funny, and this is the first time I'm telling you this, I believe, I don't know if I'm making this up, but your wedding song was At Last, yeah. which is a classic and an incredible song. Yeah. And to me, it was always funny that you were, what, 25? And you were like, At Last! Yeah. And I'm like, At Last, what?! <laughs> You're 25 years it's old. It's true. It's not like you've been dating for 45 years. It's true. Well, that was funny. So I'm telling you now. Me I got some old school flavor in my music Come choices. On, 25. At last what? At, 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 the, at the beginning, at I just met you. I got a divorce. Anyways, our our song was uh, Better Together from Jack Johnson. Oh, I think you're going to say you and your ex-husband. I was like, settle down. That was our song. My song with my ex was from Luther Vandross. Yeah, both also old school, <laughs> same type of song. That's Here and now. We, yeah. Oh my God, I can't even listen to we that went, song now. We went for Better Together, Jack Johnson, who you didn't even know Jack Johnson. I introduced you to Jack Johnson. I didn't know Jack Johnson, no. And Jack I love Johnson's the bomb. So how do you think you handle your divorce? Um, you In know, a our, mature way? Yeah, our divorce was a very civil divorce. That was very, it was a breakup with paperwork. Thankfully, there weren't any kids involved, which I believe complicates everything to the you know, God, yeah. umpteenth degree. Um, we had no kids involved. We did have a dog involved, but it was technically my dog. And I'll never forget when the divorce happened, she wanted to share custody of the dog. And I was like, absolutely not. It's my dog. This dog was given to me as a gift. And it became a whole battle about the dog. And I was like, I'm not no, we're not sharing custody of this dog. That was my dog. So you know what happened to me? We also had a dog. We had uh, the German Shepherd, Nato, 
which was my boyfriend. That dog was my life, as you know, that to this day I have a thing for German Shepherds because I, I often think about, oh my God, what happened to Nato? So we got separated and the same thing. It was going to be like, um, we share a kid. We have a Nato. And then we then he gave me Mota, so we had two at the time. And the Nato, the dog, and you know how I am with dogs, so for me to be able to let go of this dog, it was a lot of tears um, because I realized if I don't, move on this dog is going to be the excuse he's going to have mm -hmm. to continually come to my house and he would show up unannounced um and he was crazy you know and there was always a fight and always a problem because i want to take nato but i don't want you to take nato right now and if there was someone like somebody in my house god forbid it was like a crazy moment so i had to be like you know what i'm gonna have to give him nato because otherwise i'm gonna be for the next whatever 12 years I think very few people can share custody of a dog in a breakup i i know one but it hurts my, me because to this day i just go i can't believe i let go of yeah but you did the right thing and i know one per, like I, my my co-star melissa shares custody of her dog she's been able to do it successfully and they have a very understanding relationship and they're able to that's beautiful it's an amazing thing but that's brutal like i couldn't do yeah. that and i think at the end of the day my divorce was very clean it was uh basically let's split everything up and let's go our separate ways and I think you, you know, I came from a divorced family. So for me, there was always that sense of failure. I, I always did, did you not do the, wanna... the When you serve somebody, do you guys, you didn't have to do that? No, because it was amicable. I mean, we, in, a, in a sense, look, it, it, it wasn't ideal, but it became what was going to happen. And it was as amicable as it could, as it could be. Um, I think a weird thing, I don't know if you had to do any of this, but we had to bring an appraiser in to appraise all the assets in the house so that I could then, because I kept the home, I had to buy her out of the house. I bought her out of all the assets. So the biggest argument was, I don't want to keep the china from the wedding, but it goes in the cabinet that's in the house and I'm keeping the cabinet. So therefore I had to give her half the money for china that somebody gave us as a gift. And I was I stuck know. with all this wedding china that I, did, I could give two shits about. And I had to pay half. So that was a bit of an argument because neither one of us wanted it, but I ended up having to pay for some of it. Okay. Anyways, other than that, pretty smooth. I know yours wasn't as smooth. Mm, no, <laughs> mine wasn't. You know, I was married for three years, one and a half, kind of happily married, one and a half, just going through a nightmare. Um, and it's uncomfortable for me because I don't know where the person is right now. I don't know if he follows my career. I don't know what, I don't want him to feel uncomfortable if he ever listens to this. But yeah, but the second part of the marriage was just um, not great. And I remember um, that I, do, I did have to do the serve. Yeah, because you had to actually serve to he file didn't a divorce. He didn't want to give me a divorce, divorce. and yeah. then I remember that yeah. somebody showed up at his place, I'm assuming, I think it was, and then he had to sign, and then when the papers came back to me, <laughs> he had put a, he signed, and he put a sad face with a tear, he was so funny. And I was like, this is comical, you know what I mean? It's like, a, like, like laughable. Um, but no, it wasn't great, we didn't, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a pleasant divorce at all. But at least everybody's moved on, and we wish everybody the best in the situation, and then yeah. you hope that, you know, Lives were all changed for the better, but it's a brutal topic. I mean, most of my friends, I know so many people that are divorced. How do you feel at 25 years old? Okay, I'm, I'm, I married young, I'm divorced, I'm gonna go out into the dating world again. I'm, was, were, you, were you proud that you were like a divorced guy? Two part, two part answer, not proud to have gone through a divorce because I, again, I came from a divorced situation and I always told myself I would never get divorced like my parents being divorced and it happened to me. So I was very devastated that I let that happen mm -hmm. in, in the marriage. However, once I came to terms with it and realized, okay, I was young, this was the best case scenario. Boy, was it great to go out there and be single again. Disgusting. It was awesome. <laughs> Disgusting. I don't I mean, I was basically I like, sign the papers. I'm coming to town. Oh meet my God. friends up in Salt Lake. Meet my friends in Vegas. Going to Miami. What a tool. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> it wasn't it was my story. I was devastated. I was like, what am I going to tell, guy? I'm 25 and I'm divorced. It was awful because I... You know, for, I guess for a, for a woman, you know, for a girl that age, it's different. You know, you don't want to go out there and already feel like you have some baggage. You know, and thank God I didn't have any kids because I think I would have just crawled under uh, a bed. Um, um, but, yeah, I wasn't very happy. I wasn't very I happy never took it. it as a, you know, I would meet people and they, you know, come up in conversation and I wouldn't hide it. I wouldn't dance around it. I'd be like, nah, yeah, I, mean, I was married before. What? You were married? And I would... I would have so much fun explaining to us. Yeah, I got married at a super young age. Like it was no big deal to me at all. Moving wow. on from the fact, again, crazy. going through it was tough, 
But once I came out of it, I had no problem being honest and sharing my truth with whoever I met and be like, yay, this is me. Take it or leave it. I have no other ties. When did you tell me? When I met you, I don't know how long it took you to tell me and how long did it take? Well, we were friends first for a while. So I'm sure I told you in conversation. We probably talked about both of us. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember that conversation, which is weird. Well, did you don't obsess? remember a lot. We've, the, we've established that on this podcast, so none of this is weird. Were you Googling my eggs and things like that and like no. trying to learn all about it? No. Liar. I, no, it's true. I don't, no, I don't get into too much of that. I mean, <laughs> I know who the, person, who the person is, and you don't know much. I never forget one time. You got so mad. We Why? went to my aunt and uncle's. Uh, they used to have a cabin in Mammoth, and one of our first dates, we went out. I took her to Mammoth to go to the cabin, and I think there was an old picture on the wall of me and my ex-wife and other, and other family from our trip. No, to that Mammoth. was and that was yeah. your grand, your grandpa. No, Ian Mammoth too. We had to take the picture down. I had to like tell my aunt and uncle. No, like, that oh, was your God. grandpa. Your grandfather. No, it wasn't. That was there too. That was there too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my ex was sprinkled all over different funny. family members' houses. It's not. It's not a great feeling. I'm not gonna lie. And then you have to act like everything is okay, and everybody's looking at you. And you're like, hey, nice meeting you. <laughs> nice meeting you. And then you see that eggs on the wall but it is what it is you know you had a, you had you had a history before me it's not all about ross i get no. it i'll never forget the first one of the first gifts i ever gave you was a keychain that said it's all about ross because <laughs> i learned that very early on <laughs> that if you, if you live in ross land oh you know what i think is bs you know i'm gonna expose what? you right now and this is some bullshit so for 15 years i've been dealing with his corporation has the initial of the X, and he doesn't want to change it because it's too much work to deal headache. with the bank and have to do all the paperwork. So every single week, I have to see mail coming into my house that has the initial of the X. You know what? Right now, you're gonna change That's that. That's a true I'm story. Done. I'm I can't done with even that. Deny that. Look at when I got my. It's corporate. too complicated to change the paperwork. I don't. You know, I don't it's give a, a flying because I don't just care it. about it. Like I see it. Well, whatever. But I do. I don't, would you feel comfortable if my my corporation is rustling? It's PPP incorporated. Dude, you'll I've known you. A, you'll have a freaking fit. We've been together for like 14 years. But now, now because it we're talking you? about a serious topic. <laughs> now I have ridiculous. decided I'm done with it. You're gonna have to. But change that is a true story. Out of laziness and just. Oh, it's so Stupidity. much work. I don't want to deal with changing all. Well, you're going to change it. Oh my God. Things with work and residuals. Done with the conversation. You're no, changing what, it. No I want it to way. be E-R <laughs> incorporated. No way. A hundred percent. You're not going to be in the, in the or corporation. E-S. I'm not going to be in your corporation. Uh, That's another thing, guys. We divide everything. <laughs> That's what keeps it. That's what keeps our marriage together. How do you By say capitulaciones? That was the best decision ever. Well, I thought was yours families. is yours and what is mine is mine? No, having joint. We talked about this in, we, we could have a whole episode on finances, but when I, I think one of the best episodes, or best episodes, best things we've ever talked about doing was, and this is clean with marriage, I think as you divide your, not divide your assets, but upfront, but having two different accounts when people get married, whether it's first marriage or second marriage, people spend differently. And you earn your own money, I earn my own money. We have family accounts that go towards everything for the kids, everything for the house, everything for us as a couple. But when it comes to individual things, I don't care about the $3,000 purse you wanna buy. I don't wanna see that bill. So if you if you wanna go buy it, you go buy it. And you don't care about the watches I wanna buy, so if I wanna buy a watch, I go buy it. That way I'm not arguing about the things you wanna spend money on that I think are ridiculous, and you think the things I spend money on are ridiculous. What do, do I spend money that you think is ridiculous? All kinds of stuff. Like? Shoes that you can't stand in for more than two minutes. <laughs> Every pair of shoes. I would love these, <laughs> the, these Jimmy shoes that like, cost me all this money, and can I sit down? I can't, they hurt my feet. <laughs> so basically, if you, if you get divorced to, to me, all my shoes are mine, of course. No. Yeah, I want your shoes. <laughs> But that's not the point. The point is so many couples fight over finances and I think it's great that we don't have to argue about the financial strain because you do what you want to do as long as you're smart with it. Good luck. You run out of that money. You come knocking. Hey, uh, honey, we're married. Remember, can I have half of that? You know, that's your that's your money. You can buy your little th- your, your fun things with it. Okay. Okay, Eric. Yeah, I know. I'm the one that told you I'm signing capitulaciones. So don't be jumping into the bandwagon like it was your idea. Anyway. <laughs> Let's take a break. (laughs) Let's take a break. It's a basic truth. People need each other. It's why PenFed Credit Union's first members joined together for a better financial future. For 85 years, we've been there for our members and communities. And we're here for you today. We can help you bridge a financial gap 
Save wisely and make confident decisions with your money. We know we are always stronger and better together. That's why we hope you'll join us. Membership is open to everyone. Apply today at penfed.org. Insured by NCUA. Hello, this is Ron Burgundy, and you are listening to my voice, which commands trust and respect. Guess what? My podcast is back, and that's a win for everyone. Mainly for me because of the money, but also because I love to hear myself talk. And so do you. And if you're thinking it's time for a change in your insurance plan, be it automobile or home insurance, think no further than State Farm. You know the one with the catchy jingle, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has been in the insurance game for more years than anyone on earth can remember. They aren't some fly-by-night operation offering suspect savings. They offer real service for classy people who want to be confident in what they are buying. I call it the State Farm Difference. I don't know what they call it. I don't even know who runs the company. Maybe I should run the company. I would keep the jingle, Like a Good Neighbor, State Farm is There, but I would change the tune. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is There! That was better, right? We are back. Are you comfortable? Is the topic making you a little, a little bit uneasy? No, I'm not. I'm totally comfortable. You're comfortable? Good. I'm ready to talk about dating. The what? You got me all flashback into being single again after the divorce and dating. So I'm Are you joking? <laughs> Are you joking? All right. So. Wow. Let's talk well, about Well, I can our... tell you some stories. You want to hear? Do you want to hear? Do you want to hear? <laughs> we'll break first. <laughs> all right. We're super excited about this guest that we have coming on next. She's beautiful. She's a lady boss. She's an author, entrepreneur. Lady boss. What did I say? Bus. Oh my God. Boss. Lady es una boss. jefa, la jefa, la doña, la mera mera, la caballota. <laughs> entrepreneur, family law expert. Her name is Laura Wasser. Kim Kardashian, Ryan Reynolds, Santa Faris, Jimmy Iovine, Maria Shriver, Stevie Wonder, all those people. She's been the divorce lawyer. She has a podcast. Her name is Divorce Ox, and she's going to transition now because she's having a partnership with iHeartRadio, and it's going to be named All Is Fair. I am fascinated. You know all the stories that Lara has that she can't really sure she say. can't really talk about, you know, the stuff that's confidential. However, I think it's incredible to be able to pick her brain on divorce. I'm curious what makes someone want to be a divorce lawyer. Do you know if she she's married? Is she married? I don't know. I want to find out if she's married. Is she divorced? What, did she come from divorced parents? I also really want to tap into alimony. Well, you and I have always had this conversation about alimony, this debate back and forth. I want to talk I to know. her about. But I think every experience. state is different laws. Yeah, right? and she can explain all that. Yeah. She's also an author of the New York Times bestseller. It doesn't have to be that way. How to divorce without destroying your family and bankrupting yourself. Wow. Thank you for being here, Laura. Oh, thank you for having so me. Excited. So excited. We have so many questions for you. <laughs> I could pick your brain for hours. We don't have that much time. I know. I know. Divorce so, is so fascinating to me. When you become a divorce lawyer, did you go to school knowing I want to be no, a divorce lawyer? No way. No. My dad actually was and is a divorce lawyer. So I grew up, like I grew up here in LA and I would go to people's like sweet 16s or bar and bat mitzvahs and some of the you know moms or dads would be like, oh. You're Laura Wasser. You're at that table in the back because my dad would have represented one of the parents. So, oh, that is but too like, funny. and also my parents split up, and they did it in like the most amicable, like oh, respectful wow. way. So that's kind of what I saw growing up. I never thought that I'd be a divorce lawyer. I never even thought I would go to law school. But my parents said that they would continue to support me as long as I was in school. So I was like, yeah. Okay. So I went to law school, and then I actually graduated and started working for um, the a law center for disability rights. You know, I was like. Based baby lawyer trying to get like the guardrails in the bathrooms and ramps okay. going into buildings. And I had gotten married after my second year of law school. And very quickly we determined that that probably wasn't like the best, you know, long-term situation. And so he was not a lawyer. He was not a lawyer. Okay. He and he and I were super, super different. You know, he was Roman Catholic from Spain, Cuban family. I was, you know, Latino. Jewish girl from Beverly Hills. He wanted to live in Southern California. I mean, we never even talked about like having kids or what religion they'd be. That's how like we were young. It was a great, mm -hmm. super fun wedding at the Bel Air Hotel. We had 10 bridesmaids and 10 groomsmen. Wow. We partied all night long. It was, I, I never have to get married again. That's how good that was and how good the pictures came out. And the out next day you're too. like, um, what's yeah. your name again? Why, why did we do? 
this? Exactly. <laughs> that was so, my story. We, oh, do I know you? Yes. I don't think I know you. We parted. Well, at one point we were talking about maybe getting back together. And he goes, oh, when we get back together, you will change your name. And I was like, what? No, I'm not going to like that. Do you not know? Do you know me at all? Like, I'm not going to be Laura Hernandez. <laughs> I think there is a Laura Hernandez. She's like a newscaster. I she is like, actually. Right? Okay. So anyways, so in any event, um, I, I, we split up and I went to my dad because we had been renting a place. I needed like some extra money that I wasn't making working at the nonprofit dis- disability rights. And I said, can I clerk here for a while while I wait for my bar results? And I basically never left. I mean, family law is super interesting. You learn so much about so many people and first of all like the top level is just different careers all kinds of people what they do where they live but then you really learn about human nature and that has what kept me doing it for 25 years because it's fascinating to see how relationships work and so that's why I, I kept doing it and that's why we started the podcast because we really it's just so interesting and I think people want to start having this conversation more how many cases do you think you have been a part of how many divorces thousands Thousands. 25 years and I'm managing partner at my firm right now and there's 17 lawyers so at any given time we've probably got I don't know 150 active cases at the firm and you know some people's divorces take a really long time they need a second they need to wait they need to go through it there may be a lot of discovery financial information and some are really fast it just depends Mm -hmm. and so yeah thousands messiest divorces Money is always at the core, or kids. Kids. Think? Kids, kids are the I primary. Mean, money yes. is secondary. Definitely, because, and again, at the firm, we represent really high net worth people, and yes more money more problems but also more money kind of easier to figure out and whatever kids are the things that people I mean like and if it's a difficult case where somebody's making allegations of abuse or there is abuse or alienation or a really tough one somebody has to move to a different country or to the other side of the country you can't just do two days with mom two days with dad two days back if somebody's living in New York so those are the really hard ones yeah. kids are the toughest money people kind of after a certain period of time would rather spend their money dividing it and moving on than on the lawyers and the forensic accountants and and all of the other people that get involved when you're fighting about money. In the state of California, usually the mom is the one that has the bigger the the better benefits of keeping the you kids. Mean the mom or the non-breadwinner. Yeah, that's No, the mom. No, it's the non it's who's the one that's giving the parental care more to the child. Like we this is one of our biggest conversations and debates back and forth. If you have a stay-at-home dad and he is the one taking care of the child or children every single day devoting all his time not taking a career because his career is raising those children. Who do you think? <laughs> Look at your wife's face. <laughs> That's what our, we'll have that all the time. <laughs> because she's like, no. I don't, I don't get your point right now. It though. should be the mom. I'm like, 100%. No, no, no. I do. I have a lot of people. I'm a working mother. The kid comes with me. It's not that crystal clear. You and have I'll tell the, you, as a working mother, look, I could argue both sides of this. That's one of the beauties of being able to be a litigator. Yes, if you're the stay-home dad and you are the person, I, I mean, I have tons of female clients who pay not only spousal support, but child support okay. to their ex-husbands because they're taking care of the kids. That being said, as a working mom, interestingly enough, I've got two sons and I don't live with either of their dads. We weren't married, but we're all, we all get along fine. But yeah, I'm still the one arranging the play dates. I'm still the one filling okay. out the soccer applications. I'm still the one that's, you know, telling, you know, nanny needs to, and my son was sick yesterday. I was the one that was home in bed with him. Not anything bad about either of the dads. It's just a lot of times that's how we're wired as moms. And a lot of times we insist on it, particularly the working moms, because we can control everything Everything. and we're badass. I can do it all. all. And so I speak to women's groups all the time where I say, okay, how many of you work? Show of hands. And how many of you are still the ones that are making the lunches and are making the doctor's appointments? And they raise their hands. And I say, how many of you are resentful about that? And they raise their hands. And I said, and how many of you insist upon it being that way? And then reluctantly, don't they, want, they don't want to stay home. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that see, we've had this conversation, and I think you've come to terms with this more, and, and you alluded to it. If so, if two people have been married, and you have a stay-at-home dad, and the the wife is by far the the breadwinner, crushing it, CEO, major company, whatever it is, right? They get a divorce. She thinks it's crazy that the man would then ask for alimony. And let's say he's doing everything you said, like the soccer point. He's doing everything. He is. An amazing stay-at-home dad. Right. He's Mr. Mom. She thinks it's crazy that he's going to get 
alimony when he basically put his career or whatever it was on hold because together during happiness you made the right. conscious decision he was going to raise the kids you were going to work look at her face now and she thinks it's crazy <laughs> it's I a good thing it's her show that got canceled and not yours man I'll tell you you I'm better stay working after your money baby <laughs> um, yeah well let me get, do you one better let's say he didn't do anything Let's say he sat on the couch and they had people in their home that were caregivers and yeah. even people to cook and whatever else, whether it was family members or paid employees yeah. or whatever. He didn't do shit. He's still going to be getting alimony and possible yeah. child support because what it is really based on is not so much what you did because that's a fact-finding mission that most judicial officers don't have the time or the inclination to do. It basically is how much money is each of you making? plug that into a formula, what's the timeshare on the custody, plug that into a formula, mm -hmm. and a number gets spit out. And so, yes, I mean, it is, it, it, the law is gender blind. I think that's a yeah. good thing. And mostly in California and New York State too, the other states are kind of coming along. We are really now looking at a 50-50 timeshare. I mean, assuming okay. both parents have time. What I have sometimes is parents that are being penalized, moms, for working. So now dad says, well, she's always at work, so I should have more time than her. That's what drives me crazy. Yeah. And I think I know enough working parents, moms and dads, who are still able to effectively co-parent that I still believe in most situations, you're better off sharing it equally. It, are oh, kids better with their parents than necessarily with a child caregiver? Maybe. And maybe you have a certain period of time, like if it's three hours or more or yeah. 12 hours. Or, I'm not saying they should stay with a nanny when their parents out of town working and the other parents home waiting. Yeah. But if it's one night and you're home in time either to put them to bed or wake up in the morning yeah they can stay with a babysitter that night because that's your time in your house having the experience with that parent yeah yeah no i agree with, i fully think when how, you how old so you get divorced your kid has to turn what age for the person giving the alley money to stop giving the alley money is well, it 18 in california it's 18 child support is 18, child support right? is 18 in new york state it's 21 so it depends on state but to alimony state you can keep going alimony unless the person remarries yes unless you get married or die um it depends how long you've been married in california we generally call 10 years a long-term marriage that's not a bright line. It could be nine and a half. It could be 11. I mean, but 10 years or more generally has jurisdiction over alimony or spousal support continuing. So you'd have to come back to the court after a certain period of time and go, dude, come on. She's, we've been divorced already for 10 years and she's only 40. Can't she go get some kind of a job? It's not forever. So I, okay. So that might be where I got the 10 year number. We were just talking, we were talking about something before you walked in. <clears throat> Is it true also with prenups that at, once you hit the 10 year mark, the prenup becomes very messy and hard to sort of follow. Not at all. Oh, okay. So that's not at all. So it's alimony. If it, if it's a marriage ends before the 10 year mark, that's one thing. If, if it, it ends before the 10 year mark, you're looking at about half the length of the marriage. So eight years, Got you're looking it. at about four years of support. Now, again, okay. that can depend. The court has the jurisdiction. So a judge can find a reason why, for Which example, if there's been abuse in the marriage, mm -hmm. the other person has a hard time going back to work. If there's some kind of disability, it may be more than half the length of the marriage. The prenups, it depends what's in the prenup. And I have seen prenups that say after 10 years, we have, they th I think they call it like a sundown provision, meaning if we make it 10 years, the prenup goes away. I don't believe in those because I think they're promotive of divorce. I think they promote people at nine and a half years going, bye, uh, like, yeah, you know, yes. so we don't put that in because if something's promotive of divorce, generally it could be that the agreement's not enforceable. So, but that's probably why you've heard that 10 year thing in because that. I would assume prenups get very, I mean, look, in our business and you deal with tons of celebrities in general, actors, non-actors, whatever, but like in our business, you know, there's ebbs and flows constantly of income throughout an entire profession. Yes. And you know, we're, like I tell friends all the time, I have no problem with prenups. I think, hey, if it makes you guys feel more secure in their marriage, go for it. We have no problem. We were just talking about like we do separate bank accounts and we have a joint bank account. Like you go buy your things, I buy my things, and then we have our stuff for the family. Right. Whatever makes things easier and less less fighting in the household or dispute is great. However, when you do a prenup, you can outline only so much at the time of marriage. And if things are ebbing and flowing and you're 15 years in, how do you divide things? How do you, how does a prenup hold? You stick with the prenup. Now, again, you can't do your assets have grown and changed. Absolutely. Right? So what you do is going in, both people say, this is what we have going in. There has to be full disclosure. I've done prenups for people where the representatives of, for example, the wife said, we need this prenup. We don't know this guy. He's just starting out. He hasn't done that much. She makes $20 million a year for doing it. We got to do this. We got to do this. We do the prenup basically saying what either of us makes is our own. We'll continue funding a joint account for our expenses to the extent we can, whatever 
makes sense. We won't govern that because we don't know because there are ebbs and flows. And when and if we split up, we're both agreeing that what remains, what's ours remains ours. Anything we made during the marriage remains ours. And we'll agree that there may be some spousal support. We don't know who will pay who, but it will be capped at a certain amount. So it's not going to be sky high. Either one of us could live on this. So now however many years later they get divorced and guess who's making way more money? him yeah. that we were trying to protect her from and it's fine she was fine too you know he but you know they're the way that they've worked has kind of changed so then whatever's been accumulated through the marriage she'll get percentages of his money if that's part of the prenup but otherwise yeah, no so you would put that in the prenup ahead of time yeah what the ebbs and flows would be non-negotiable in a Correct. sense like you're making your money i'm making my money this is what we have now yes it's, so it's protected yes. you've seen it all oh. laura and you've heard it all because you've done so many cases um do you still believe in marriage do you think it's possible that people can stick together for many years in a functional relationship? Yes, I do. I don't think it's the norm. Mm -hmm. I think if you've met your soulmate and it really does work after a certain period of time, it's your best friend, it's your co-parent, you know, and I do, I see it work. I have friends that have been married now for nearly 20 years. I love hanging out with them. I love hanging out with their families. Is it always easy? No. Yeah. I mean, people go through tough times. Um, but I believe in marriage and I also love a good wedding. However, I also think that the majority of humans were probably not meant to mate for life. I think we go through so many evolutions of our being. Yeah. And if you're lucky enough to be with someone and you grow together in the same direction, awesome. But if you don't, I don't know that you should stay together in an unhappy marriage or relationship. I don't think it's healthy for kids mm -hmm. and I don't think it's healthy for you. Yeah. When we as humans were only living until like, 27 or 30 years old it was a lot easier to mate for life we're living until 100 yeah if you're i see i mean last year i did two divorces of people in their 80s and i was kind of like why bother why so yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, when we talk about gray divorce or silver divorce that's basically anyone over 50 can you imagine 50 yeah. 50 i'm 51 like i could telling me i have to like yeah. stay with the same person for the rest of my life but 80 and they're saying you know what I don't know how many years I have left but I feel good and I'm I feel like I look it. good <laughs> and I want to be happy <laughs> and I'm 80 and I'm going I'm like, out on a boat for him to die that's and he'll leave everything well, to you I mean, that's and amazing that's like I have a, a close friend from high school been with her partner they've been together two kids 25 cool. something years Jen Okay, and she's like no we're not going to get married if it's not broke don't fix it yeah. like there's something about putting the title on it yeah. that I don't know if it makes them nervous or they just don't feel it's necessary. Well, they don't maybe want to enter into that contract with the state of California is what it is. They have their own contract. And they feel like, why, I guess? Yeah. Like there's no, because there's a bigger question, right? Is, is is monogamy something that is organic to human nature? Can you right. stay with one person but for the rest of your life? But they're monogamous, right? They are, they exactly. Are. So you can yeah, have a long-term you know, partner and be happy and you're one of those people that succeeds, whether you're married or not. It just does that title add a, some kind of a pressure. We are seeing, I mean, the trend, because we've been studying this, is that people, less people are getting married. People are living together, mm -hmm. they're having kids, they're not getting married as much. So as a result, the divorce rate's gone down a bit. Okay. The divorce rate among second marriages, sorry, is higher than really? it's ever been. Yeah, because it's older people. <laughs> and I think sometimes if they've been through it once, they're like, it yeah. wasn't that bad, I'll, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, and th these are just small adjustments, yeah. but we studied them because we started It's Over Easy a couple of years ago, which is an online divorce platform. 25 years doing what I do in family law and charging what my firm charges, I realized that probably 80% of our cases could be done much more efficiently and cost effectively if people actually did them on their own. So we started It's Over Easy where you can go online and you can actually oh, file wow. your papers, fill them out, negotiate, like it's online mediation, negotiate with your spouse, if you guys are both able to do that uh -huh. and then you've saved all this money in attorney's fees and it's got like a ton of content so you can read about divorce you can meet up with other people across the country that are getting divorced in chat rooms and stuff we've got great articles we've That's got amazing. podcasts and then we've got the index which has all these resources for people so you can find somebody if you need to take a step away for a second and go to a real lawyer to get advice if you need help with childcare, if you want to sell your engagement ring we've got worthy.com oh as an affiliate an you awesome. sell your engagement ring an you pay awesome your down ring. deposit your deposit on your apartment we have people for dating apps we have people to help with mind and what's body the name wellness. again of the website it's over easy it's like over easy yeah. okay it's over easy that's amazing yeah i have to ask you something and i apologize if it's a silly question but i just need to know the marriage story laura darren yes was she like way, it's not a silly question i've been getting this asked this question for months was so. it you well, I hope it wasn't me because she was kind of <laughs> diabolical, wasn't she? I mean, 
<laughs> she was likable though. She was interesting. She was like, oh my God, I don't know if I can start her, but I love her. I think, you know I I think <laughs> that's probably how Laura felt about me. <laughs> I think she said it best when she said, like, I, the, all three of those divorce lawyer characters in that movie were an amalgamation of people that Got all it. of them had kind of worked with because it wasn't just Noah Baumbach. It was Scarlett and Adam and Laura yes. all kind of working on their experiences either as children of divorce or having been divorced. And I think what they really wanted to show is how broken this system is and as people who are part of the system we as family law attorneys can be a bit broken I mean look she wanted to win for her client she won for her client how she got there or even the fact that at one point she went a bit beyond even what her client was asking Mm -hmm. um, was a little shitty and I don't think most family law attorneys do that but I think it's a cautionary tale in that if you let yourself get sucked into the system that's what could happen and you're paying somebody to actually be your advocate and your voice to to say these things like at that horrible scene at the council table where both attorneys were saying these things Mm -hmm. and they're they're sitting there like how is this happening to us so yes her office looked a lot like mine (laughs) we both wear very nice shoes I love it I love it but I would like to think that hopefully that was a little bit of artistic and and, 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 how you say that como se dice a heightened a heightened version yes well I was thinking about before you asked that question I was like you're in such a tough position based on who you're representing at the time because you might fully agree 100% and think that that person is yeah everything they're asking for is reasonable makes total sense then you might get someone that comes in with just off the wall crazy requests and you're going how do I represent this person well I'm lucky Pro- like that though I, I actually don't have to represent the crazy people oh, you just I mean say, I yeah. just say I don't think we're a good fit I mean okay. I've had people come in and say well I'm the mother and I should have full custody and I say okay let's talk about that why Why yeah. do you think your kids mm-hmm. shouldn't see their dad at all <laughs> he cheated on me yeah. okay mm-hmm doesn't mean he's a bad dad he's kind of a dick spouse I get it I get why you're getting divorced but don't you think your kids have a right to experience their other parent Mm -hmm. so those are the people I send to one of my lovely colleagues who (laughs) wants to blow sunshine up their ass and tell them everything I mean it is particularly with people in your guys industry you guys are surrounded by a lot of people that are working with you and that are getting a percentage of what you earn so they want you out there they want you happy they they want you working Mm -hmm. and they will say yes to you so that you are earning and they get a percentage mm-hmm. they're not bad people you're all in this together yeah i get paid either way i get an hourly rate and so i'm usually the first person in a long time that some of these high profile either high profile or just high net worth whether it's athletes you know investment bankers or entertainers that come and i say no and they say excuse me what i yeah. say no that's not going to happen I, I would like to make it happen for you but i can't make it happen for you because that's not the law yeah. i'm not a miracle worker mm-hmm. i have to just interpret the law the best way and make it work so those people i don't have to actually Good. represent the crazy i'm sure right. you find yourself being a therapist through half of this process there's yeah. no way you can just be all business and not be wrapped up in their emotional at, journey at least be compassionate for yeah. what they're going through yes. yeah has this ever happened to you and this is a true story crazy so Maybe four years ago, I'm already married to Eric. We have a kid, Sabella, and I get a text from my ex-husband saying, I want to talk to you. I'm freaking out because I haven't heard from him for years. And you didn't have kids with him? No. Okay, that's the good thing about the starter marriage. Neither of us, but kid free. Because my life would have been completely different. So I tell Eric, oh my God, I don't know know what's going on. This person is calling me. What do I do? I go, well, let's find out. (laughs) I don't want to say the name. This person. This person. So I said, what, what's going on? Oh my God, hi, how are you? What's going on? And he goes, well, he was English and he was dealing with a, a visa. He wanted mm. to renew the visa. I don't know exactly what it was. And he says, I went to do the paperwork and we're still married. And I'm like, no, we're not. I, uh, I have a husband. His name is Eric. I have a kid. <laughs> Her name is Sabella. I'm confused. And he goes, well, I don't know what happened. There's a technicality. There's a problem. But you're still married to me. <gasps> so I had to involve my lawyer. And then my lawyer had to get a family law lawyer. I had to pay for my lawyer and his lawyer. It was a nightmare. And then it was, it was that. It was a mistake. When they filed the paperwork... Something didn't go through. I don't know what. Isn't that weird? That's horrible. I was no, that married, is, that, to two married to two people. people, which also, I mean, it could have gotten so much worse because then you could have been convicted of bigamy because you're not, and you're I married to what? Yeah. <laughs> and no, he couldn't have convicted I mean, I or fraud, although you didn't know. But also, your marriage to Eric wasn't a real marriage. So then, if you and Eric split up and you had like said all this community property, now the presumption though, there's even it can even go further. How old was Sabelle at the time? 
Four. Yeah, somewhere in there. Your ex-husband actually could have made a claim that she was his. No, don't tell me. If a married woman (laughs) has a baby, the presumption in most states is that the baby is her husband's baby. No. Yeah, I mean, that's how crazy some of the law is. Can you imagine? (laughs) But but she looks identical to Eric. What are you talking about? That would be funny. No, I mean, that's how how crazy some of this, you know, He could have probably still said alimony. He could have said all kinds of stuff because if he was married, he could have, it could have been super ugly. Yes. Now, I wonder if our marriage then is not as long as we think it was because Shut there up. was a technicality. Right we now. haven't been together oh 11 years. God. We've only been together Please. like four. That's Eric right there. So then did you guys go and get remarried? No. 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 Okay. No. I don't know they that proved that, that it was a mistake from the courthouse okay. or whatever, and they did send a letter and they, saying that it was- then what they did is probably they backdated your divorce. If it was I the hope, court's yes. fault, it's called yes. like yes. non-protonc, so now you actually did get divorced back then, so now your marriage yes. is and valid. we actually had- Sabella's yours, so <laughs> <laughs> top on that. Thank God. I'd be really upset with our in vitro doctor at that point. I'd be like, how the hell did your ex-husband's sperm get in that test tube? I knew it was going to happen. He was sneaky. (laughs) This is impossible, Dr. Mars. Eric's Eric's paying the ex-husband child support. There you go. Oh, my God. Um, No, we actually, we got married. We had a proper wedding in Puerto Rico, but we got married here first in the courthouse. Right, which is the license. Yeah, straight up. Yeah, like we have. A, I had all the evidence. I had all the evidence. Yes. My lawyer, Bob Wallace, God bless him. He was like, "Only to Ross. This only happens to Ross." I'm going. I know why. That's crazy. Um, and so, are you familiar? Another thing I want to ask you: Are you familiar with this divorce month? That this is a thing, and January sixth was divorce day. Yes, now? and that is something. That's it's like new. one of those holidays that like Hallmark created or something, Hallmark so that they can <laughs> sell more cards. I don't know. It is true that January is a very big month in our field in terms of new clients because people come off of the holidays. They've had to travel together. They've had to go to their in-laws together. They're usually in close quarters and they're like, get me out. Also, people don't usually initiate a divorce anytime between Thanksgiving and like New Year's because you've got all the holidays and everything like that. So people are also waiting. So any of those people that were thinking about getting divorced like in mid-November, they're like, hold up, we're going to wait. So you got those people and you got the people that just had a horrible, horrible, you know, situation over the holidays. And they're like, I just can't do this for one more year. And then you've got just people that are going, it's January, new start, especially 2020, clarity, yeah. focus, 2020. Join LA Fitness uh, right. and I'm getting divorced. I had a woman <laughs> oh that said God. to me, this year, one of my new, new Year's resolutions is to lose 175 pounds. And his name is Steve. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's a big month. I don't know who. Star- I think it was the Brits that actually started Divorce Day, which is the first Monday after New Year's. Um, but yeah, that's that's been that's a, how normal a big it is nowadays. You know, the topic of divorce yeah. and how people just get married and you know you have an out. I'll divorce you. No, it's interesting. And then talk to us about your podcast. So the podcast is launching on February 11th. It was initially called Divorce Sucks. And we've been around Johnny and I for over a year now. Uh And it was because people wanted to kind of talk more about divorce. What we found was people were coming on. We had Kate Hudson on and she wasn't talking about divorce. She was talking about how it was, you know, being raised by Goldie and Kurt, who were never married. She was talking about having, you know, three kids with three different fathers and how co-parenting worked. We had Khloe Kardashian on and she was talking about you know co-parenting and breaking up and new chapters so we were like maybe we need to broaden the spectrum of Mm -hmm. what we discussed to more human nature and relationships we were talking to siblings we were talking to partners and companies we'll still talk about divorce because that's what i know but we'll also talk about all different facets of how people get together make up break up how to keep relationships Mm -hmm. going but also some of the practical things about if you are going through a breakup or a separation or a divorce what makes sense to deal with in terms of your finances are there such things as divorce psychics can crystals help you what's the best way to get back into shape i mean all that kind of stuff really just a little bit bigger and iheart has been super about welcoming us and bringing us and introducing us and so we're very psyched about it that's awesome so congratulations on that don't miss it this was so entertaining and educational and i think you're amazing and i love you and now neither one of you could ever hire me which is really good there'd be a conflict so just (laughs) stay married i'm getting laura don't even think about it you mother. <laughs> we'll pull we'll draw straws right now. <laughs> Thank you so Thank much. You for Thanks being for here. having me, guys. Thank Thanks. You. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. 
Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 4444 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 4444. Enjoy! Vonage has everything you could ever want in life. As long as what you want in life are unified communications that organize all your texts, emails, and voice calls onto one platform, contact centers that integrate seamlessly with Salesforce, and APIs that help developers build communications into their apps. But that's it. Those are the things that Vonage is great at. They're not great at baking delicious cakes, doing sweet backflips, or making extremely entertaining yet informative podcasts that make you feel smarter and more inspired. None of those are really their thing. But you know what? That's okay. They don't need to be the best at absolutely everything. They're fine with humbly being the absolute best at business communications. Vonage, now we're talking. Ben, hey, it's Eric and Roslyn here. Hello, Eric and Roslyn. How are you guys? We are great. Thank you for being here with us. We're so happy to talk with you. We just had an outrageous uh, sit down with Laura Wasser, one of the top divorce. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we, we did her podcast. Uh, yeah. She's quite a character. It was so interesting. It was and very educational. We get to talk to you about what I think is one of the most inspiring books. I'm a product of divorce, um, a happy divorce. And oh, um, awesome. your your book, Our Happy Divorce, uh, is going to change change lives for so many people. Um, well, that, was, that was the intention, so hopefully it will. It's really, really impressive. Um, so it started a little rock at the beginning, right? With you and your ex-wife, um, Nikki, which is completely uh, normal. You know, that's why you're getting separated. There's an issue. There's a problem. You don't want to be together anymore. So at what point, what was the turning point for you guys to be like, this is not working. This is very damaging for our kid. How do we do it different? Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, marriages don't end because everything is great, right? Uh, they're, they're, I, I left the house with uh, some built-up resentment and anger, and, and so did so did Nikki. And I had called a, a, a lawyer, um, and, and I was determined to, uh, you know, destroy uh, Nikki and, 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 you know, make it as public as possible. And I uh, hired this lawyer, and he wrote up a... Uh, thirty-page game plan, basically, on on how we were going to do that, and uh, hadn't read it for a while, and and I was on a plane back from LA, and I decided to pull it out and, and read it, and I I only got about two pages into it, and uh, I had that, you know, moment of clarity, if you will, and uh, I, I realized that if I go down this path of of, of what it says in this uh, War and Peace um, destruction manual, um, then I'm going to end up like my parents, and and then in turn. Uh, going to give it and hand everything to my son. Um, and, and at that point, I decided to go another route and try my own path. So you were, path. you were a product of divorce yourself? I was a product of a yeah, not-so-happy divorce. And that definitely, that's, that's great that you learned from that and actually turned that into what became your new reality. Because I, yeah, I, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No. Oh, well, I was just going to say, you know, that it, it's, Everything happens for a reason. I'm, I'm, I'm a true believer in there. But even with all that being said, I was so uh, angry and bitter and resentful that even though I had that experience with my my, my parents and, and my you know my brothers and sisters were they actually the only ones who ended up getting hurt, I still was going to go blindly into uh, you know that route. How old was Asher when you guys decided to separate? Uh, he was three. Oh, he was baby, baby. Wow. Yeah, he was, was a there. baby. He was a baby. See, I, uh, but was, the crazy, I was seven. I, I, I was talking. I was thinking about it in my head. Like I was seven, and what I registered at that age when my parents got divorced. Um, I can't even imagine a three-year-old processing it and figuring it out as well. Oh, and, and you know, we don't give our kids. And I think it's a a myth um, that that I can, through my experience, say that that you know, saying kids are resilient or they'll get over it or they don't know what's going on is a myth. And I think people need to move past that because 
Asher would uh, came uh, during our separation. I'd come, put him to bed, go to my hotel that I was staying at, and then come early in the morning before he woke up. Um, and, and so he, he, I thought that he thought that I was there and you know lived in the house. And uh, one day he asked Nikki. He said, "Where did Daddy sleep last night?" Wow, and Nikki so kind of like Nikki kind of got you know a little worried, and she he, she said to him, "How do you, you know what why?" And he goes, "Because Daddy's bed's not." doesn't look like it's been slept in. Hmm. Wow. They're so, so smart. You know, Listen, they're, yeah, they're so smart. And when, when you and, and Nikki decided to sort of turn that corner and say, okay, we're going to do this differently, mm-hmm. were you both immediately on board? Did it take a little convincing? Because you obviously both had to set your egos aside and it yeah. became about, you know, this other being, this other, you know, soul that mattered so much to you both. Um, once you sort of looked at it through that lens, did it was it an easy decision, or it still took some? It took some time to. It was it a simple. It was a simple decision. I don't think you know. There, just because it's simple doesn't mean it was easy. Mm-hmm. And, and I think if you you know to wrap up uh, our our divorce from beginning to end to today, I mean beginning to the middle to today, uh, it, it's about accountability. Um, and, and I think we both went into the beginning of it knowing. Uh, or understanding and believing that it takes two to make a relationship and it takes two to break it. And, and, um, you know, I called Nikki one day and I asked her to coffee and uh, I uh, apologized to her, Um, not for, you know, what she had done wrong and it was her fault, but for my part uh, in in the, uh, in in the ending of the marriage. And then she in turn apologized to me and, and, you know, we joke, uh, you know, not really that uh, far off, but I think it's the only time we've apologized to each other uh, to this day. But, uh, you know, from, <laughs> from that moment, uh, there was a lot more room to move. Uh, there was a lot more, uh, you know, not only apologizing, but accepting the other one's apology. And then from there, you know, understanding that we have to be accountable for our actions. Um, and it wasn't Asher who decided for us to get married. It wasn't Asher who decided for us to get have him. It surely was Nash's choice for us to get divorced. So we had to be accountable for our actions and not have him uh, suffer the consequences. And nowadays you both are remarried, you both have kids, and you have been able to make it work to the point that your neighbors, that you vacation together, that you spend holidays together with different well, here's kids. You had an amazing trip to on a safari, just the two of you with, with Asher. That's incredible. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's one of those things where you know, I don't know, uh, I don't think step-parents really get uh, uh, enough credit uh, in these, you know, happy divorces or these co-parenting uh, ordeals because they too have to put ego aside. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they too have to realize that Nikki and I, you know, Chad, Nikki's husband, and, and Nadia, my wife, understand that there's nothing between Nikki and I except for we're best friends and we have a beautiful child together. Um, and there's no jealousy and there's no... so. You know, they're all bought in. They all believe, uh, you know, Nikki and Nadia are best friends. When I go traveling, they'll go get their nails done or they'll go do, you know, shopping or whatever. Um, you know, Chad and I go to UFC fights um, and, and we hang out. So it, it just become this normal ordeal. And no matter how sort of crazy it seems the outside world, it's completely normal. We have dinner once a week as a family. We try to. Um, and like you said, we travel. Um, and, and the trip to Africa was something that uh, Asher was always into animals when he was a kid. And instead of reading Dr. Seuss books uh, to bed, at bed, he wanted us to read uh, animal encyclopedias. And we, he always, we always knew he wanted, we wanted to take that. But then the divorce happened and he was too young. And if anything was going to send our uh, divorce south, um, it wasn't going to be romance or finance. But if one of us had taken Asher to Africa without the other one. On a safari, oh, yeah. so Damn. so this this summer he was thirteen, and we uh, we took him, and, and because Nadia has two young kids at home, and, and Dad is the sheriff of Hillsborough County, uh, they just couldn't come. So uh, you know, when I told Nadia that I was Nick and I were taking Asher to Africa, the, the answer and vice versa with uh, Nikki telling Chad, it wasn't. Oh hell no, you're not going to Africa with your ex. Are you crazy? Mm-hmm. It was. Asher will love that. What oh. a great treat for him. Well, you nailed it when you said, look, it's as much as this is a, a massive accomplishment for the two of you, what you've given Asher in this sort of new uh, you know, version of divorce, it couldn't have been done without your two respective incredible partners because Absolutely. those partners could have changed. Even if you had everybody but one partner on board, there's a different outcome 
in this scenario. So the fact that you got everybody on board and everybody put love first and, and put their egos aside made this story, you know, truly possible and incredible and hopefully an inspiration for people just to open their eyes and pay attention. It's a valuable read. It's a valuable read. Yeah. You know what, nowadays, uh, because it's so common, you know, having parents that are divorced, it is so common. And you know, when the kids are kids, it's where it's the, those formative years are so important because many things, the outcome of their lives can change dramatically with a very... Um, sad or impactful experience which divorce could be so yeah. read is, is is valuable it's important because if, if people can have the maturity and leave the ego aside and understand when there's kids involved everything changes divorce right. changes you know because now it's not yeah. about you and the person it's about how can i raise this individual to become the best version of himself and we have to make it smooth and simple and loving and when it comes to divorced parents it's their responsibility you know you're forming this mind so i hope people read it and people that are going through bad times and are going through a shitty divorce because of financial reasons or there's no competition Compatibilidad, como se dice, where there's no compatibility or, or, or cheating involved, whatever it is, because divorce usually it, it's ugly to understand. It's not about me, right. it's not about you, it's not about the circumstances. It's about how do we protect this kid as much as possible. And you guys did, and it's amazing. Well, well you just nailed it. I mean, we should have you as our spokesperson because that's exactly it. I mean, <laughs> to the T, you know, it, it's not about, uh, you know, our book isn't about uh, the, the gory details of our divorce. You know, it's only a hundred and and 90 pages we don't talk about who did what or who didn't do what you know because all that doesn't matter um all that you know all all that stuff of why it ended didn't matter and we've put that in the past by by apologizing to each other and accepting each other's apology and moving on yeah yeah and one thing that i want to this is just my personal experience and ben my parents have been together for almost 60 years you know i'm from puerto Mm. rico and it's we will with four children we will never understand why they're together because it's it's, it's almost like a sitcom you know they they can't stand each other but they can't live without each other without Without each each other other, yeah it is is, it's funny it's sad it's brutal and and for us even though they're together i grew up with parents constantly not talking very positively about the other and I yeah. think when you go into a divorce, it's so it's the human nature to just be like, well, your dad, this is your mom, you know. And, and even though you're hating your partner at the moment, the most crucial thing is do not talk negatively about your about the dad or the mom because you know that's something that you as a child carry with yourself for yep. the rest of your life, and it is damaging. Yeah. I don't even know how I made it into life, and I became <laughs> great. You know? <laughs> like you know, I mean, like I kind of like I was able to to com- compartmentalize. How you say that, Eric? Yeah. And be like, you know what? I'm gonna have to just put that in a little box and still respect my dad, even though my mom fed me all this stuff for years because he's a human being and he was a great provider. And I don't respect every single choice he made, and I don't like the way my mom speaks about him. But I'm just I don't I don't I don't wanna form my life with that hatred you know i just want to be able to keep it in a little corner and listen it has been it has taken me therapy and and many years mm-hmm. of understanding some issues sometimes come up that i just go i think i have daddy issues you know but i was <laughs> strong enough to be able to be like i'm gonna go through my life and my destiny and i'm gonna write my own book and i'm gonna i'm not gonna allow their relationship to define me but a lot of times kids do and that's yeah. a very very the, the big problem and whether you're divorced, you know, your parents are divorced or together, you know, I remember sitting there as a 13 year old um, and, and one of the parents was talk, talking bad about the other one. And, and as a kid, as a child, um, to, to hear those things about your parent, knowing that you can't say anything because it's only going to make it worse. Yeah. And you sort of just have to sit there and take it. And, and, and meanwhile, if anybody else was talking about your parent like that, you would probably punch him in the mouth. But, but as a kid, you have to sit there, you know, and take it. It's a terrible place to be. It is. It's literally feeding your kids poison, hoping that they'll die. Yeah. Exactly. You know. Well, kudos to you guys. You guys did an incredible thing. <laughs> I love I it. It's, it's, uh, it's a great way to, to have this podcast finish out where people can hear all the different sides of divorce and how, how simply it can be handled and in the right way. So thank make you sure for the everybody check out Our Happy Divorce. It's available now. And Ben, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for giving a piece of your platform to this important message. And we're grateful. Thank you very much. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
that was quite uh, the episode for Different us. podcast for us. Usually we, we want to keep it light and funny and we want people to just um, escape and enjoy and not think too much. But uh, we gave you a lot of thinking to do. Yeah, the good news <laughs> is we have a great divorce lawyer now and we Stop know how to divorce happily. Like that. Wow, wow, <laughs> Eric, projecting. I'm joking. joking, joking. Projecting. No, this, uh, no. again, you know, Keep uh, keep your head on straight. Keep, keep on the it. path and it. put love first, and uh, you know, put your kids first. And, and when you, can you make have it work. kids, exactly, guys, it's very di- it's very different when you are uh, when there's no children involved. When there's kids involved, everything changes. Divorce yep. or not divorce, it's work. It's a beautiful. It's the best, most beautiful job in the world. Keep it respectful. Keep it loving. Keep it intact. That was fun. Love you. That was fun. I love you. Subscribe to He Said Ella Vijo on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts. It's a basic truth. People need each other. It's why PenFed Credit Union's first members joined together for a better financial future. For 85 years, we've been there for our members and communities, and we're here for you today. We can help you bridge a financial gap, save wisely, and make confident decisions with your money. We know we are always stronger and better together. That's why we hope you'll join us. Membership is open to everyone. Apply today at PenFed.org. Insured by NCUA. Hey guys, it's Sammy J. And I am so excited to announce that for the season finale of my podcast, Let's Be Real with Sammy J, we have NBA All-Star and mental health advocate, Kevin Love. Nothing robs us of more human potential than mental illness. It's so, it's like the, the pandemic that nobody's talking about. We talk about Kevin's journey with his anxiety, depression, and of course, his amazing NBA career. Listen to Let's Be Real with Sammy J on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.